Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Wednesday, Loki Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. And on today's episode, of course, I'm breaking down episode one of Marvel's Loki. That's right. The first episode is out. So if you haven't watched it yet, be sure you watch it before you listen to this episode because I'm definitely going to be breaking down everything in this episode. And I just literally just finished watching it, so kind of like we've been doing here through uh, through this past year with the Star Wars shows and the Marvel shows, I'm literally watching it, coming in the other room, hitting record, and sitting down here talking to you through the microphone. So if anything I say is wrong or you think you got a different theory or whatever, hit me up, please, either on Twitter, at Mark Turka, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C, or, of course, you can email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. Because, hey, this is the best part about these shows, is the speculation, the theories. This is why I love this weekly structure of release when it comes to these shows. So let's get into it here with Loki. So, first up, absolutely loved it. Thought it was great. I mean, the, the idea of kind of setting the pace here for Loki and kind of setting the stage where we saw him last in Endgame. Um, I mean, they picked up right where they left off. Quite literally. I mean, if I watch it with subtitles. I don't know if you you guys watch it this way because I don't want to really miss anything. But even in the subtitles, it was like 2012 Hulk, 2012 Tony Stark, and then just Tony Stark. It kind of was like showing their names on there. You know, when he basically takes the Tesseract, which we, you know, you saw in Endgame and you see it here in the beginning of the series. I love that they jumped right into it and um, kind of did it that way. I think that was a, a great way for them to kind of kick it off and just start you know, Loki's journey here through all this. Um, we did see him then go to, I forget where it was, what, Mongolia or something like that. And then that's when we see the TVA, the Time Variant Authority, come in and take him captive. Now, we knew that was going to be kind of the plot for this series. And this first episode really seemed to kind of set up how and why Loki is going to work with them. And it really kind of dove a little bit deep into... Just his psyche, which I thought was kind of cool, you know, this idea that um, kind of the conversation be- between him and Mobius, um, we got to see and Mobius really kind of questioning Loki, but in turn, it was really making Loki question himself, um, which I thought was uh, just kind of interesting, right, to kind of see that um, as it kind of kind of went forward. Now, I do want to preface this before we get any deeper here in the show that I personally don't know much about Loki from the comics or even the Time Variant Authority. Like I this is a whole realm of comics that I don't really know much about. So on some of the previous spoiler shows, I kind of know enough to kind of dig a little bit deeper into some of it. But this is all pretty much new to me. So um again, if there's anything that you know or or want to throw out to me, please do because you know I haven't really researched too much of this. And part of that was because I just didn't want any of this spoiled. Like I wanted a lot of this to be kind of new and fresh. And because that's, you know, I think for me is kind of where the fun is uh, when we're kind of watching this. So our introduction to the Time Variant Authority was just like kind of mind blowing. Um, you know, when when Loki goes into um, that his like registration process, let's say, and, you know, you kind of they're kind of what searching him to see if he's actually himself, if he's a, a an organic creature, if you want to say, or if he's a robot. And, you know, if he goes through the one thing, what it say? It melts any robot from the inside. Um, we get to meet, what was the guy's name? Casey, I think was the guy's name, uh, that he ends up threatening later down the line. Uh, he's the one that takes the Tesseract from him. Um, we kind of get to meet all these characters. But then we get the explanation of the um, timekeepers. And I thought that was pretty interesting about how, you know, at one point, years and years and years ago, there was kind of this multiverse battle and the timekeepers were able to kind of pull everything in together into this sacred timeline. 
And anything that deviates off that creates this nexus event um, that ultimately causes like a, a madness, which, um, you know, kind of hearing that had me sort of thinking, okay, well, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, clearly this is leading to that movie, right? This is, this is going to be it. I, I have a feeling that by the end of this, uh, between that and then what we saw in WandaVision, we're getting some sort of creation of the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness plot here in, in what we're seeing. Um, but back to the timekeepers real quick, you know, that was, um, has me wondering how is that even going to go into, uh, the Eternals is somehow, you know, what we're going to see in the Eternals going to explain some of these, the timekeepers and the history of that war and how the timekeepers now are able to keep this sacred timeline kind of running. And, um, you know, when you create these variants, that, uh, you know, the, the, the TVA has to go out and send their Minutemen, which I think is an awesome name for those characters, um, to go out and basically fix things, right? And to capture variants like Loki. And then they, I love they plot like this, like, is it a time bomb? It's some sort of charge that's supposed to kind of reset everything. I think that's kind of interesting. And I've, I've talked about it here before on the show, how like time travel just blows my mind. Like I, I just almost can't even comprehend time travel because there's so many rules and i mean chris and i I don't know if you guys listen to our tardy tardis show when we're doing the doctor who show talking about time travel and it's just it my head just explodes when you try to think about it but i like that it's just like hey there's a sacred timeline and things are set and and we're going to talk about kind of choice here in a little bit because that was kind of one of the big things i think for loki kind of learning about you know his path never really was his chosen path um but how like when you have these variants the TVA can go in and just set it straight. It's like, okay, well, here's the sacred timeline. Yeah, maybe you created this Nexus event. We go capture the variant. We plant this charge. Things are right back to normal. So it's like they're almost destroying a timeline, which until we got further in the episode, I was thinking to myself like, okay, well, Tony dies at the end of Endgame. Spoiler alert for Endgame, which if you haven't watched Endgame, I don't know why you're even listening to this show. Um, <laughs> but like, did Tony have to go through the TVA as well? Because clearly, you know, they jumped to different timelines and and I would think had created Nexus events, you know, from Hulk to Cap to Tony, like by jumping around and getting these stones, um, you know, even even Hawkeye, all these all these different stones that we see in Endgame, they go and get. Wouldn't they have created Nexus events? But then we learn later on when they're talking about the Avengers and, and even Loki kind of points out like, well, shouldn't you be going after the Avengers? Even though he wouldn't know of of that, but just in general of what they've done, you know, from what what this Loki knows, I guess, um, they say no. That everything they did was to plan. So, like everything we see with Thanos and all of that was set within, was supposed to happen. Like those variants and them going to get the stones and doing all that was planned. And it makes you wonder, like, well, maybe then the Timekeepers plan. Because I think in the end, like the Sacred Timeline... I don't know if it's really manipulated by the timekeepers. I don't think it is. I think they just kind of know where things are going to go. Kind of like, I mean, they watch the tape, right, of Loki. That's not planned by the timekeepers. That's just the way things are set uh, because they're able to see it. Almost like, uh, what was the movie with uh, Tom Cruise? Uh, I can't believe I can't think of that movie where they would like they had those people that could kind of see crimes that would happen. But they would basically arrest people for crimes they didn't even commit yet, but they knew they were going to eventually do it. It's kind of almost what, what we're seeing here is the timekeepers know what's going to happen. They're not manipulating it. Um, but like, you know, you almost wonder, like when it comes to the Avengers, like that was a set path. And, and, you know, I love that you have Loki questioning multiple times throughout, like, you know, this is my chosen path. I chose this path. And, and Moby is basically saying, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
right, your, your chosen path, like kind of like mocking him for it. Um, I just thought that was interesting. And then when you, you kind of look across like all the different things that have happened in the timeline, like WandaVision, that was supposed to happen. Wanda was supposed to, as far as we know, that was supposed to happen, right? I mean, we haven't seen the TVA, which makes me wonder, like, will we see the TVA kind of go back to previous events in the MCU up to this point? Like, we may see them go after Wanda, right? I mean, we, we didn't see that in that film or in that uh, series yet. I mean, we didn't know the TVA yet. We may see that in, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We may see that in a future um, series, which I think that's kind of cool now. Now that we've been introduced to them, it really gives them kind of now the the right to go back and you want to pull in a character, here you go. Any character that's passed away, that's died throughout the series, they can always now kind of go back and, and bring them in through the TVA. Like I think almost just like a TVA series um, would be interesting, right? To kind of explore that I think would be would be kind of cool. Um, but I kind of mentioned like the nature of, of Loki and kind of his choice. This, this episode kind of really investigated that, like his psyche and his motivations and you know he considers himself the god of mischief mischievous but i love mobius kind of calls him out at one point like it shows him killing you know uh, agent colson um you know somebody getting stabbed in the eye <laughs> when they go to that uh that little like uh, event there in avengers and he says like you know there's nothing mischievous about this and then in the end you know you kind of have loki in, in kind of a um an interesting moment after he kind of sees his end and, and sees Thanos kill him through that that film, which which I thought was very cool. Tom Hiddleston did a great job uh, in acting there, kind of seeing your own death. You know, if you ever had to see your own death and know how your your life ends, how would you feel in that moment? Now, luckily for him, those events have been changed now, or at least I guess not set in stone. Now he he can choose to do something else, which almost has me wonder. Like at some point, are we going to have maybe something even more tragic happen? And he's just going to say like, take me back to that point. I want to end. He wants to have that moment with Thor because he even sees the moment he gets to have with him in, in Ragnarok, where they kind of have, you know, they're they're setting aside their differences um, as Ragnarok happens, and then um, you know that of course leads to his end in the beginning of Infinity War, which was shocking to you know not only us as the audience but to Thor himself after kind of making amends with his brother. Um, but you know, he says, I love that that idea how he, he kind of says to Mobius like, you know, all this murder and all this pain and, and violence that I have, I, I don't do it, but I don't enjoy it, I think is what he says. I think he doesn't do it by choice. He doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't enjoy hurting people. You know, it's just kind of a, an end, a means to an end, you know, that he almost does it because that's how you inspire fear. And Mobius questions him a lot too, because Loki, his whole thing is he wants to rule. And he's like, why do you want to rule? Like, don't you ever look at having like a greater purpose? Don't you want to do more with everything that you can do? Why would you want to rule? Like, what is the point of that? And um, that's what I think how this kind of ends with Loki kind of understanding like, all right, well, maybe maybe that's not the right path for me, you know, especially after seeing where things go. He makes amends with his brother. He sees the death of his mother, you know, and how kind of how he caused that. Um, you know, why would you want to go down that path when there's other things you can do? Your, your Mobius basically points out to him through all of that, that your dedication to wanting to rule like that being your end goal leads to all of this leads to your mother's death leads to your own death um i think if when confronted with that you know he really is going to be able to uh, or has obviously decided like okay that's not the path i want to go and i think now we're going to see here into the second episode really like what um what uh you know other purpose he could potentially have and i think he's, he's ready to do that um you know learning that 
this variant they're chasing after, which, you know, we saw a quick little glimpse of when they go to that church back in the 1500s and a little boy has the blue candy and he, he says it's from the devil. And he points when, when Moby has asked him, who did this? And he points up to that window and you saw what essentially looked like the devil with the kind of the, the, when I first saw it, I was like, is that the Loki horns? But then immediately, and I know this is going to be all over the internet, everybody's going to be going crazy. Mephisto again, WandaVision, we had the Mephisto every single week, all these different signs pointing to the fact that it's Mephisto, um, which I'm not even going to go down that path, but I, but we can say it technically could still be Mephisto dressed as Loki because maybe he knew what was going to happen in the situation with Loki. He knew this path was going to be taken. This variant would exist and chase him down. So why not just portray him? But we're not going to go down that path. We're going to just act like this is Loki. Um, I like that. You know, I think that's awesome. And, and at the end, obviously, we see it in the 1800s where he just sets oil on the ground, knows those Minutemen are going to come after him and just straight up murders them, right? Burns them to the ground. Um, I thought it was kind of crazy, which then brings up why, how does he know that that's going to happen? Like, you know, hey, I'm not, Doctor Who isn't coming to the Marvel world, but like, does this Loki have a TARDIS and he's able to jump around? Like, well, how is he able to do that and not only be able to do that, but also know what's going to happen? Because that's going to be the interesting thing here is, this Loki, the the variant, the evil variant Loki that they're after, knows what's going to happen. There's oil on that ground for a reason. Now, I guess you can maybe argue that he's there, they're just burning crops in the 1800s. But no, I think he knew those Minutemen were going to show up in that specific spot at that specific time and was set there ready to burn them and kill them. And so what power does that Loki have where he's able to do that? That's interesting and brings up a big question as to, you know, how are they even going to be able to fight him? You know, I guess a variant, maybe that's the thing. As a variant, you can't know what other variants are going to do. I mean, just in, in the, the title of variant, right? It could be anywhere. It could be anybody, any any time, any place. Um, varied, obviously, right? But somehow he knows the Minutemen, which you would think the Minutemen themselves are like authorized variants, right? But yet he knew they were going to show up there. So I don't know. And, and hey, technically that charge, that time charge was left there. So maybe the variant is tasked with going after those charges or, or whatever. Maybe that's his end goal is, is he's not really trying to burn anything down. Maybe he's trying to antagonize the Minutemen to get those charges to then go back and fix things. Maybe that's it, right? Maybe that's where this whole series is going to go is, is it's, they think it's an evil variant Loki, but he's actually going back maybe to save his mother, maybe to stop his death. You know, like maybe by taking those charges and being able to do those things, which then makes you think maybe down the line, and, and I'm just spitballing here, just kind of, my mind's kind of going crazy. Maybe that's how they fix the multiverse of madness and Doctor Strange is this Loki, who we think is the evil Loki, is able to capture these unused charges by the Minutemen, even though he's killing Minutemen to get those charges, he's able to use them down the line to fix the multiverse of madness. Throwing it out there, you guys can say I'm wrong at the time, but I think that'd be a kind of a cool idea. As you know, they're battling. You know, what can we do? Oh God, how are we going to stop the multiverse of madness? Doctor Strange and Wanda. Loki shows up, plants the charge, fixed. Calling it right now. It's not going to happen, but I'm just <laughs> just thinking maybe. Hey, who knows, right? Who knows? We'll, we'll see. A little bit early, probably for that. Um, what else? A couple things. I don't know if you caught it. If you watch the subtitles when he comes into the registration office, uh, there was a variant scrawl in there, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think we're going to get a little bit of a um, 
nod to that at some point, maybe, that there was a scrawl within the, the registration office of the TVA. Uh, I thought Miss Minutes was awesome. That character kind of on the screen as they kind of gave us a rundown of the timekeepers, I thought was really cool. Owen Wilson coming into the MCU. I mean, he just fit in, right? That character he's playing in Mobius was, was just awesome. Um, you know, I like, I, I kind of had me laughing where Loki, you know, saying like he's he's all about, you know, he doesn't want to be violent. He doesn't want to do all that. But then yet he's threatening Casey. Uh, talking about a fish. And I thought that was funny how Casey had no clue what a fish was. Uh, but he's threatening that he's going to kill him. It's like, dude, like, but then it shows that's, that's the thing is Loki, he, he doesn't want to do it. Like he just, he needs to do it, right? That's all he knows. If that's all you know is threatening violence, and it gets, it's gotten you things in the past, you're just going to use it. And so I thought that was kind of funny that he was doing that. Uh, the D.B. Cooper scene, I mean, obviously we've seen that multiple times in the trailer. Um, I think, God, it's been probably a year or so on this very show talking about that D.B. Cooper documentary that we watched. Um, even before God, the trailer came out for this, I've always had kind of this obsession with D.B. Cooper. I love that they have, I mean, you know, we saw, we knew they were going to do it, but we got to see it more, obviously, in this episode and kind of how it plays out. I love the just explanation of D.B. Cooper as Loki. And then even when he's jumping out of the plane and he says, Heimdall, like, you better be ready. Like, he's pulling him out. And the fact that he did it all because he lost a bet with Thor. Like, what? what is that bet? I got to know. Like, was it just like, hey, I bet you I can hijack this plane on Midgard. Like, I want to know what is that bet. And and I, I don't know. I just, we, I wish we get a backstory to that at some point. I almost wish, and this is, I don't know if they've done this yet. I mean, maybe, I, I know there's been couple books but i wish we had like kind of like we had with like the ultimate books like ultimate spider-man and all that i wish we had like mcu spider-man mcu thor mcu loki i wish we had concurrent comic series running with these movies that would even tell even more stories um i know that's probably asking for too much and then at that point then they got to worry about that have people read the books and can they include things from the books and you know if you so I get that, but like that would be a story I would want to see told. Like, give me kind of a, a mini series on the side talking about that just that moment alone. I think would be kind of cool. Like a companion series would be neat. Maybe be a good way to kind of add that to Disney Plus, right? Or or Marvel and pull. I mean, I've been saying it before. Pull Marvel Unlimited into Disney Plus. Like make it some sort of subscription where you could have that running, and then it would get people reading comics. Obviously, me just just um, wishing for something that's probably never going to happen. But I think that would be cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else is kind of from this episode. Let me kind of just scroll through some of my notes here. Cause I always, uh, you know, love, uh, pulling these notes. Um, oh, the infinity stones. I love that idea. And, you know, when Loki kind of realizes that the Tesseract is going to serve no purpose here at the TVA office, when he sees literally a box filled with all these infinity stones and Casey's like, Oh yeah, we got a bunch of them around the office. Everybody uses them as paperweights, which then has you question, how many people have gone through their people or creatures we should say have gone through there as variants having captured other infinity stones like that had my mind racing like who else has been through there has thanos himself been through there a variant thanos maybe going through there um with an infinity stone at some point or who else you know could have possibly done that um sky's kind of the limit there you know i think that's what's going to be interesting with now the introduction of the tva as we can really have um many people have kind of gone through there and uh, we kind of get to see that. Uh, and even just the setting, right? When they kind of have that moment of Mobius and, and Loki looking out that window at the expanse of where the TVA is located, I thought was kind of interesting kind of seeing that. Uh, which, you know, by the way, kind of if you haven't seen any of the production of um, The Mandalorian, or I think they showed a little bit maybe in WandaVision. 
Um, but that I can't believe I can't think of the name of that technique they use where it's it's literally it's not really a green screen. They literally have like this kind of warped screen that actually has the setting and the actors are doing it right there on the spot. A lot of use of that you could tell in this episode. And I can't wait till all is said and done here and this first season is done and we get um, that making of episode that they always put out. Um, this is going to be a good one, I think, because we're going to get a lot of different things uh, kind of appearing here throughout uh, this this uh, series. So, all right. Well, guys, that's going to do it for me here. Uh, 20 minutes here just talking about uh, Loki, which I had an absolute blast with this episode. I think the series is off to a fantastic start. This episode... Uh, really set the stage for what I think is going to come in this episode and really just kind of set the stage for Loki himself, kind of where he is now. You know, Loki's a character that's been through multiple iterations just within this MCU from being the villain to being the hero to being the villain to being, you know, um, a redeemed character to being a character we all mourned. Um, and so I think this is going to be a great opportunity for them to kind of really, really explore this character and you know, this episode really kind of sets the stage for where he is now. And, of course, it was a great introduction to the TVA. You know, I think it, it's a really great way to kind of set the stage for who they are and what, um, you know, they're going to be able to be capable of here as we move through the MCU. So, again, let me know your thoughts and theories on uh, where you think this series is going, what you thought of the episode. Please, I love hearing from you guys because now is the time where we get to really break this um, first episode down and just get to speculate about where the series is going and what is coming next. So please email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com or, of course, hit me on Twitter in real time at Mark Turk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. I love hearing from you guys uh, as we just speculate about what is next in Loki. So everybody, have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow. I know we got, uh, what, the big Battlefield reveal later today. Uh, so I know we're going to be talking all about some Battlefield tomorrow uh, as well as some other things. So until then, everybody, have a great rest of your day. And we'll catch you next time.